0: Without sounding too uh, trite or too scammy or too salesy, I want to say a phrase, and that is, if you run a business, this episode is for you. I think that creating a customer persona, and that is identifying your target customer, is one of the most important things in running a retail business. And why is that? Well... Why that is, is because through that lens, through that customer persona lens, it identifies every single decision that you should make in your business. Where should your business go? It depends on who your customer is. What products should you carry in your business? Who is your customer? Should they be expensive products? Should they be cheap products? Let's look at your customer. What should you market? What should you advertise? What platforms, what social media platforms should you be on? Who's your customer? What should you say in your social media posts? What kind of videos should you make? Should they be funny? Should they be serious? Let's look at your customer. Everything that you do in your business is dependent on who your customer is. This episode is a foundation. It's a 101 episode. It is one of the most basic things in business, but it is paramount to your success as a retailer. So I hope that you didn't see the title of this episode and and think that it is too basic for you. I hope that you looked at the title of this episode and thought about how important this actually is because I think that this is the foundation of a retail business. So without further ado, I hope that you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to the Better Business Podcast, where we help you improve your family-owned retail business. I'm with my co-host today, Chris Fox from Fox Strategy, the marketing genius, and my name Is Steve Cook. I'm a third generation business owner and with the things I've learned and talk about on this show, I've taken my family's retail business to over $10 million in sales. Now let's get to the show. I believe that identifying your customer is paramount for any business. Of course, I would imagine that you would have a certain customer in mind even before you started a business. However, it's my understanding that the majority of people listening to this episode probably already have a business in the works. You already are running or uh, owning or uh, maybe perhaps working in a retail store. But the reason for carrying products, the. Um, amount that you charge a customer for products, the uh, types of services that you offer, where your store is located, what employees you hire, everything about your business will revolve around this one thing, and that thing is the customer persona that you are selling to. So let's talk today a little bit about identifying a customer um, and identifying who your ideal customer is. And to do that, I think it's important for every business owner to create a customer persona. Chris, you are obviously a expert at this. You've had, um, you know, trainings and education around this idea. Talk to me about the importance of this in a retail business.
1: Yeah, I, I, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. I mean, every business should know who they're selling to, um, as a customer persona. And I, I think that a lot of people, um, you know, immediately have this perception of what a customer persona or a art customer archetype is. And they think of the, you know, age and, um, budget category or, you know, income category location in the, in the country. Um, and that's all well and good, but there's a lot um, more psychological uh, information that you can include in a customer persona profile as well.
0: And another thing that I wanted to talk about to begin this journey, um, if we can boil all this down in a you know roughly 20 to 40-minute episode is… Is where do you start if you already run a business? I think that this is fun to talk about for uh, maybe business coaches online or something like that. But for an actual retailer, somebody that's already um, maybe running a retail store, perhaps there's somebody like me that is a multi-generation business that they don't have the luxury of just like you know kind of chit-chatting about this online somewhere. This is the business is already running. um, Is Where do you start if you already run a business? I I think that if you start this journey um, that you need to look at one thing first, and that is what your business looks like now and where you want it to be. Um, and that mm. can, is mostly revolved around the products and the services and things like that that you offer. And if what that business looks like now is comfortable to you, you think that there will be a business like this five to ten years from now, you're you're excited about the outlook of the business and all of that, then great. Just break down um, as we go through this, break down where you're at currently. However, I think the other thing to this is sometimes you can find yourself by – Um, doing what business owners do best. And that is figuring out ways to make money. Perhaps you've looked up and you're doing, you know, several hundred thousand dollars of business, or you're doing millions of dollars in business, but you're not happy with the direction of your business. And you don't think perhaps this business model will be around five to 10 years from now. So I think it's important to start if you're already running a business of this is where my business is now, or this is where I want my business to go. Do you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I think that's really powerful. Those are really important introspective questions that business owners should be asking themselves. You know, do I like what my business is doing right now? Do I like what I get up and do every day um, in my business? Or do I have a vision or picture for it to be different, to change somehow? Uh, And the only way that's going to change is when you make tiny steps toward that change. Uh, So if your business is already running and, and you're Thinking about, you know, wanting to shift it or just wanting to continue the success you already have, when you think about a customer persona, I like to always encourage my clients to picture in your mind um, the client or customer that you just love doing business with. Who is the person that every time you know you see that they're calling, every time they walk into your store, you're excited to see them because it's going to be a good interaction. They're going to value what you offer, pay what you ask, and they love buying from you. Picture that customer in your mind and then take a blank sheet of paper or a note on your you know computer or phone and start writing things that you know about that person. Um, And just get as much down as you can about that person because that individual represents what will likely be your ideal customer. And when you go to build a persona, you don't want to build a persona out of the people that give you a bunch of grief, the people that you don't want to pick up their phone calls, the people that you hate seeing walk in the door. You want to build a customer persona out of the people that you love working with.
0: And also I think it's important too that, um, you know, I keep seeing, it seems like it's been coming up more recently. And I don't know if that's my, uh, what do they call that? Your RAS, your reticular activating system where you start thinking about something, then you start seeing it everywhere, you know, but um, it seems like I keep seeing this more recently is that people talk and think about their customers as their friends and as their uh, people that they want to hang out with and stuff like that. Mm. And that is great. Um, I think that most business owners would be succumbed to that. However, if you think about the customer like you're just describing that you love to do business with, you get excited when they come through the door, don't forget that this customer also has to pay the bills. Um, that it can't just be your buddies unless you are wanting to create a club. Which customers also um, are you happy about seeing and they spend a certain amount of money or um, could could, you know, <laughs> be the future of your business because those Absolutely. are the customers that we're going to get more of. Um, and so, don't be one-sided um, either way. Also, don't say, "Hey, I love when this guy comes in because he drops a bunch of money." He's a jerk, but I love when he comes in. Um, sure. I wouldn't be too far the other way as well, um, and because then you'll be miserable, though you might uh, be making a lot of money. So, I would, um, I would take both of those things into consideration when you think about this person.
1: Yep. And I think that the, the point, uh, the, the very important couple of words that I said there was customers you love doing business with. They don't yeah. have to be friendly. They don't have to be the people that you would go get coffee with. You need to love doing business with them. They make your job easy because they value what you offer and pay what you ask. Those are the people you should love doing business with.
0: So Chris, I wanna, I want to maybe turn it over to you on this next part a little bit. Where do we start? Um, With a business that's already running, um, you know, there is either that you are already kind of chasing down a path of, you have an expertise in this area, you love doing business in this area, the customer that you love is already in this area, or perhaps you wanna pivot a little bit. And um, at this point, the business owner understands where they want to take the direction of their business. now, where do you start? You had alluded to it's not just male-female. It's not just age demographic. You, mm-hmm. you kind of have a different angle of this. When you begin to do business with someone, you have you know this, this entire day that you typically will spend with someone trying to learn more about uh, who their ideal customer is. Uh, talk to me about kind of where you would start at this point.
1: Yeah, great question. I, I think starting this kind of thought process, whether you're doing it individually as a business owner or you're doing it with your team um, as a business owner, the really best the, the best first place to start with this is acknowledging that business exists to do one thing. All business exists to solve a problem for people. If I go to the grocery store and buy a gallon of milk, the problem that grocery store has solved for me is I don't have a cow to go into the backyard and milk on a Tuesday morning. Or I I hate going to the backyard to milk a cow on a Tuesday morning. Um, So I am able to go to a grocery store and buy a gallon of milk. That is the problem that it has solved. A lot of business owners sort of talk themselves out of this by saying, oh, well, nobody has a problem. I'm not solving a problem for people because I have a luxury service, or I have a boutique, or I have even grocery stores. We don't solve problems for people. You really need to get honest about what would happen if your industry, your line of business did not exist. What would people do? And for the most part, this is why I say all business exists to solve a problem for people. People willing to exchange money in exchange for services or products, uh, they are looking to solve a problem. Most of the time, in our day and age, that problem is a trade-off of convenience over time or hard work, uh, and that's what we find in things like a grocery store. Let's just take your example, Steve, your store for example. You're a you know equine performance feed store. So folks have horses. They need to feed those horses something. The problem that you solve for people is – great example – they have to go around to a dozen farms every year to shop for hay or – They could come to your location, get the same consistent quality, hay they get year over year, and pay a price for it. Um, That is a problem that you solve for people. If you did not exist, their lives would be significantly more inconvenient and apply that same to feed, to supplements, to supply. They would be running lots of errands. They would be going to multiple stores. And so we looked at that and built that into your messaging, into the very – people who you're, you're trying to serve, your customer persona. So if, if businesses start by getting really honest about the problem they solve for people, write that down, and then the second question is, now we ask, who has this problem? And suddenly, we are faced with a lot of our ideal client. Who has this problem that we solve? And admittedly, for like a grocery store, a gallon of milk, everybody has this problem. So you have to dig a little deeper, ask a couple of different perspective questions, For example, Whole Foods is very different from a Walmart neighborhood market uh, in terms of customer persona. So they both carry milk, but they both do not serve the same customers. So when people ask, what problem do you solve for your customer? And then you can say, who has that problem? Now you are even a little bit more honed in on the first level of digging down into that ideal customer. So I think that's where people should start. If you already have a business or you're just starting, what problem is it that you solve for people? Um, If you don't like that problem that you solve for people, that's time for a pivot, and so you need to determine what problem you do want to solve and who are the people who have that problem. But I think that's your main uh, question. What problem we solve for people, and then the very all-important question immediately following that, who has that problem? That's where we start to look for our customer persona.
0: So, what if you, um, you know, in a retail store, I think you could even lump uh, restaurants into that. I think you could lump, of course, like uh, boutiques and things like that that are not necessarily, I think the old fashioned um, stores that we've alluded to already in this episode, such as like a lumberyard, a hardware store, a feed store, uh, grocery stores, those are um, maybe toss ups in this problem solving category what if you are more inclined to uh, be a luxury or you're more inclined to be a, a fun atmosphere or something like that Um, would you still call that? Um, of course you could still identify those things as problems, but walk somebody through that as well. Um, what problem are you solving if you, you know, sell clothing? Of course it's like, well, you don't have to sell your own clothes, but I mean, I don't feel like that's specific enough for maybe some of these other industries. What, what would you say to somebody that's doing more of like a luxury, you know, um, date nights or, you know, fun or something like that?
1: Yeah, so let's take something like a, a, a really nice restaurant, a luxury restaurant. If you were to say, what problem do we solve for people? Um, you can't just stop at, well, we serve great food and people don't want to cook at home. That is a very shallow explanation of what problem. And I, I, would, I would push my client or someone I'm working with, I would say, I call BS. I think there's something deeper. That's a yeah. sellout of, well, that's just – Uh, basically we make food because nobody wants to cook at home. Yeah. So does every other restaurant on the planet. The real question there is, so you want to be a luxury restaurant. Let's say you want to be really well known for date nights, or you want to be really well known for taking your clients out for a really great meal. You have to ask yourself that question. What problem do we solve? And the problem might be, well, in our town, there isn't a great place. If you wanted to have a fancy date night, if you wanted to have a really important date night or celebrate something on a night out with someone special. So we're solving that problem. And the problem might be you don't have to go to next city over to, to uh, have a, celebrate a special occasion with someone you love. Well, we do that here for you. So then you ask who has that problem. And then you can say, oh, okay, well, who would celebrate something special with someone important to them and they wouldn't want to go to the next city over? Well, now we're gonna look for couples. And we start asking a little bit more of that socioeconomic question. Couples who uh, you know, have children but make a certain amount of money, they go for a certain number of date nights, that might be one persona right there. So write that down. Call it, you know, Joe and Jane. That's our date night persona. And then you say, Well, we have some, you know, salespeople, we have some great industry in our town. Um, and they often like to entertain clients, we're seeing that they have to go out of town to do that. So who has that problem? Well, they are salespeople for one of our town's industrial you know, companies or commercial companies, and they're often spending this much, but they need to be able to eat with four to eight people, and that helps you identify uh, your second persona. And then inside of that, you can already hear things coming out about, well, what kind of tables do we need? What kind of menu should we have? You are letting your customer persona really drive a lot of those decisions. And let me be very clear. This is not easy, simple work. It is a heavy lift that you do up front so that everything after it is better. Um, I think a lot of people hear us talk about this and they're like, oh, cool. So they sit down and they start to make a couple of notes and they're like, wow, this is really hard. And so they stop. And I'm I'm here okay. to tell you. This is the hard work. This is the work you have to push through and dig into, uh, for it to actually be beneficial to you. Let's flip the coin real quick. Steve, you mentioned fun, right? You want to be, uh, you want to be known for a fun night out. Let's say that you're a restaurant or a, one of those entertainment businesses that have like bowling and laser tag and all this stuff. Well, you're a family fun, you know, place. Well, what problem do you solve for people? Um, oh, well, we solved the problem of we need something to do, and so everybody in our town comes to us. No, that's already you weakening down or watering down your customer persona. You don't serve everyone. I'll give you a good example. In our town, we have an entertainment joint just like this that's kind of being known as the fun place to go for families. We have around, I would say, 80 to 90,000 people, uh, probably more like 120,000 people on the two towns that sit right outside of that entertainment area. I'm telling you right now, if all the families showed up on a Friday night, that place would shut down. We wouldn't all be able to fit in. So you can't serve everyone. Don't sell yourself short and start this customer persona exercise by saying, oh, we serve everyone. No, you don't. You cannot physically do it. I don't know of any business, even Walmart, right? Why do you ask? There's a Walmart every two miles in certain cities because they know they can't serve everyone with one location. So if you're a small retail business, and you're asking yourself, I want to be the fun night out for families, what problem do we solve? Well, the problem might be that you have to take your kids, you know, 60 miles to have a good time. Uh, The problem might be it costs so much to go to many of these family attractions in our area. Any of those things that you ask, they're going to be the things that start your customer persona question and the journey to make one. Um, And that could go a lot of different ways. but. You might want to be the competitor on cost. You might want to be the competitor on geography. You might want to be the competitor on uh, just the best fun. No matter how much it costs, people are traveling 60, you know, miles to come to you, but you are just competing at the highest level because you have the most fun stuff. All of those questions, what problem do you solve for people? That's what it leads you to. So maybe you're not serving the people, the families that need it cheaply. Maybe you're not serving the families that need it close. Uh, Maybe you're serving the people that are willing to travel and spend some money. I think about like Great Wolf Lodge. We have one about, what, three hours, two and a half hours from us? Uh, They pull from a like multi-state area because – and it costs a lot to take kids to Great Wolf Lodge, but they're not competing on price or geography. They're competing on the amount of fun, right? And the problem they solve for people is we want to do something big. We want to do something wow it doesn't matter how far we have to travel. It doesn't matter how much we spend. So that's an example of the problem they solve is not about cheap family fun. The problem they solve is, wow, big family fun, and it's going to cost that much, and it's going to be an investment of time. Does all that make sense? I hope that wasn't me rambling too much.
0: Yeah, I think that that helps to um, not only identify, but then further identify, um, kind of boil that down like an upside down funnel. I think you know what problem do you solve starts at the the top of an upside yeah. down triangle, and as you spoke about different nuances of that, I think that that kind of gets it down to um, a much smaller, smaller, smaller subset of a person, um, or personality, or, or type of customer that you are. Going after, which really um, kind of introduces the final point that I wanted to talk about, and that's you know what if you look at this customer persona, you're talking about extremely specifics on this person. Um, what if you identify that this is the customer I'm going after, and you get somewhat nervous of? how large of a customer base is this um i remember sure. going through some of this process with you you know a y- years ago and uh it was almost a little bit intimidating that you start identifying this customer more and more and more specifically and it's like whoa 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 you know now yeah. i, yeah. I want to sell to anybody you know um I want to talk about the importance of that. I the the more uh, specific and niche down that we have gotten, I think that that is what comes with more and more success. In my mind, I think that the farther you are able to identify this subset of customers in this tiny little group of customers, I think once you're the authority in that little tiny um, area it can allow you to expand out. Um, I was listening to a podcast recently talking it was a it was a podcast growth um, podcast mm. so not to abuse the word podcast there but it was a podcast growth podcast and he was talking about how your podcast description should should be so specific that somebody listens or reads that description and they cannot help. But click on that podcast. And so somebody that's listening to this might have clicked on it because of that reason. But um, my podcast description says something like uh, um, family owned retail business owners or something. I can't remember the specifics of it, but family owned retail business. Well, if you are a family owned retail business and you see that, you're like, what in the world? I have to see what this is about, right? You know, it would be like um, saying for marketing for marketing professionals living in Moore, Oklahoma, you know you would have no choice but to click on it and say, dude, I have to see what this guy's talking about. Um, this podcast is for me. Um, and I think that that's the way your business should be ran. When you see marketing, uh, pieces of marketing on um, some sort of social media platform or, or anywhere in the world, and it says to the commercial horse farm owner, we are serving you with convenience or whatever it might be. Great hay, great feed, you know, whatever it might be that you're like, man, I own a commercial horse farm in Oklahoma and I'm only 20 miles from this place. You know, we are we are drilling down to a very, very specific person that I don't even know if, you know, me and you have talked about this. I don't know if there's 200 customers of of who you know we describe in our customer persona around the area that we serve but it is in those customers we are known i would i would almost guarantee it now that we are trying to do that and so now once you identify those people and you become the authority in that little world you can do one of two things or i guess one of three things you can a stay the same (laughs) stay the same size stay the same you know whatever um You could also expand your locations. We're talking to retailers. So you could also expand your locations to go to a wider geography, or you can now open up a little bit broader. Um, Mm -hmm. Walmart is, you know, infamous for doing this. They are Mm -hmm. famous for doing this, I guess. Um, They served the Five and Dime store, it was just kind of a small general store. Then they added groceries, then they added clothing, you know. So um, I think that you can do. Three things, you can you can be happy with your success and stay the same, add geography, or add different products and, and expand into different areas. Um, what are your thoughts about all that?
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. Here's why, here's why most business owners are terrified of niching. They feel like they're saying, no, I won't work with you. But what you need to understand is that a niche or a customer persona in your marketing is simply attracting one kind of customer. When you get really well-known in that segment of your customer, that fame, that loyalty that those people have naturally spreads out to everyone else. So you're not saying my niche is this customer and I simply will not sell to anyone else. No, you're saying my niche is this customer, so I'm going to relentlessly market to that customer and serve them well so that everyone else knows my reputation among those people and then naturally gravitates toward me to do business with me. So the niche is not about selling. The niche is about marketing.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I would say the – I think the the largest problem that people have with this is um, if they are a restaurant, they say, we sell to anyone who's eating out in this area. Or um, like you had mentioned at the very beginning, we cook food for people who don't want to make food at home or whatever. I think the largest issue with most people creating their customer persona is that they are not specific enough to a terrifyingly specific uh, audience, what do you think is um, you've done this way more than I have with other businesses um, or business owners? What do you think is the the largest problem that people have with this practice? It,
1: right, the largest problem that business owners have with with niching or building a customer persona is that they don't get specific enough, and it's scary. Right, you mentioned the word terrifying. Um, it's scary to to. Focused on a specific group of people, but again, I, I want to remind people that marketing to a specific group of people means that your money and energy spent marketing does more. It attracts more people it, it clearly you know is, is built for a specific person, so it helps them key in and click with you faster and then when you do business with them and they love it, they become a raving fan. And they start recommending you to other people. So really the, the niche is a very front-end effort of your marketing funnel or your marketing plan for your business that's going to have long-term ramifications as people become really uh, loyal fans of yours and start talking about you know, your business to other people and recommending that they go too. Those people may not have been in your initial customer persona, but you're famous among your people, and now they are raving loyal fans and they can't stop talking about you
0: yeah i think this uh this practice is paramount to a lot of other facets of everyone's business uh this is the most important thing in your marketing it is one of the most important things in your product selection and the products that you carry in your stores um it is extremely important with the uh the kind the type the amount of dollars that you pay to your employees the, you know, you will not have a certain employee if this is your customer persona. You will not have, uh, you will you will have to pay some employees more if this is your customer persona. You will be way cheaper in the amount that you pay your employees if this is your customer persona. Um, what services you offer, uh, where your store is located. You know, a lot of these things would be obviously extremely important before you set up a business. Uh, but I think if you want to pivot your business or you want to get more specific in your business, that this can really help you explode your sales. It is it is so important in marketing, um, your product selection, the way you price your products. Um, you know, I think it is is just so important in so many different areas. So this is kind of a, a foundation of business, kind of a one-on-one uh, podcast. Uh, what about in closing comments? Wh- anything that we missed?
1: I would say, yeah. Thanks for asking. I, I always tell people this, and I can't believe I haven't mentioned it yet. Write this stuff down. That's my final tip. The importance and the power of a customer persona is is played out over time. So if you do a lot of this heavy work this week, this month, this quarter, and you identify your customer persona or personas and you start marketing to, to them, uh, when you do a six-month check-in or a 12-month check-in, how will you know – if you are still marketing to that persona, if you didn't write it down. So I always tell people, write it down, look at it in six months and ask yourself, the, the marketing that we're doing, the sales that we're doing, um, the products we're carrying, the merchandising, is it all still speaking to this person? And in 12 months, ask yourself the same thing. What you'll find is when you hit the five-year mark, And you've now looked at that, you know, 10 times and asked yourself, is this still the person we're selling to? You're going to look around and your business is going to be full of customers that are exactly your persona because you've relentlessly stuck to that uh, individual, that kind of person marketed to them, sold for them, bought products for them, expanded for them, and you've let them drive your business. And as I say, if you did the heavy work up front and you, you loaded that customer persona with the kind of people that you love doing business with and they love doing business with you. Five years, your business will be vibrant. It will be flourishing. It will be the thing that gives you a lot of joy and is easy for you to do because you've committed to that persona and then you've, you've written it down and never deviated from it and without intention, right? I'm not saying don't ever change, but you constantly had that as a check Mark uh, every six months or so.
0: (sighs) This was uh me Steve Cook and Chris Fox they call him the wise old owl in marketing or at least <laughs> they, I do. Yeah. Uh, hey uh slash me I'm the only one I think but uh I surely think that somebody took something of value away from this episode. I hope that you did and I hope that this uh helped you improve your family owned retail business. Thank you for sticking around and let us know if you have any questions. We always put our um, description in the description of each podcast. We put how you can get a hold of us. Um, Our social media handles. Chris has a uh, website link in the description. If you have any questions about this, he would be happy to expand on this topic. Thank you for listening to this episode.